If you like the Smug Film Podcast, do yourself a favor and head over to patreon.com slash smugfilm, where we've got a bunch of great rewards if you donate to the show. For $1 a month, you'll get a bonus mini episode of the show every Monday in your inbox, as well as access to all of our past mini episodes. These episodes will never be available on iTunes or Smug Film or anywhere else. The only way to hear them is by donating $1 a month or more through patreon.com slash smugfilm. For $5 a month, You'll get the bonus episodes, plus we'll do a 30-second plug of whatever you want on one episode a month. Whether you want us to plug your website, your movie, your small business, the movie The Protector with Tony Jaw, whatever it is, we'll plug it. And for $10 a month, you'll get the bonus episodes, plus we'll do that 30-second plug on every single episode of the show. So once again, that URL is patreon.com slash smugfilm. Head over there today, and we look forward to your kind donation. And now on to the show. Welcome to the Smug Film Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Clark. With me today is John D'Amico. Hello. Jenna Ipcar. Hello. And live via Skype, Dan Polydorus. Hi. Did I get that name right? Yes, that was very good. Perfect. Polydorus. Yeah, many gifts. Yeah. What it means in Greek. Does that mean you give away your figures for free or do you charge for them or... Hey, there's no such thing as a free gift anymore, okay? So. It's true. Well, Dan is here because Dan makes amazing custom action figures for movies and video games. Really impressive stuff. He did a recent one which caught our eye, which was a figure of the fog, meaning the, the fog in the fog. I saw it and we, we had to get this guy on. He, he's done a bunch of other great stuff too. But first, tell us about this fog figure and, and how it came to be. Um, I, I don't know. It's not, I mean, it's just at the heart of it. It's just nonsense, really. I mean, it was, you know, old Carpenter movies, the kind of 80s horror. Is, that's like sort of my favorite, favorite era of horror movies. And realized no one had made a fog figure and was thinking, you know, I could maybe put some kind of dead sailor together or something like that. And then... I was like, or we could just shove fog in there and put two red eyes and have it like the guy in the fog. And then I was like, fuck it, let's just, or we could just put fog in and call it a day and make it like a joke. And I was originally just going to make a couple for myself, like one for myself, one for someone else. It's just like a joke. Like I said, I mean, it's garbage in a plastic bubble, but um, (laughs) I made a few and then... You know, the guy who runs Bloody Disgusting posted something about him and then immediately just sold out. And I made a few more and those sold out. And that's really the exciting story of it. I mean, I'm glad people got that it was a joke. The people that didn't hated it, but you do. Well, I think it's fantastic. And and what's it actually made of, the, the, the fog? Uh, it's just a cotton ball. I was actually at a craft store and was going to buy, like, the stuffing, just regular stuffing that you put in, I don't know, when you, if you or happened to be making a throw pillow or something. And my daughter, who's seven months, grabbed a cotton ball and was pulling it apart. And I went to grab it from her before she put it in her mouth and was like, wait a second, I think you just solved this. So just use cotton. Nice. (laughs) This is reminding me of like, you know, the, the person who, you know, like spends their life trying to like paint their masterpiece. And then they like, Throw, toss off a sketch somewhere and then someone picks that up and they're like, this is it. And that's how you make your millions. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm making dozens of dollars, not exactly millions, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> put it put it in the hands of a seven-month-old and 
she just cracked the case. <laughs> but you, so you also do like real custom figures though, right? Yeah, I tend to do what's um, called kit bashing, which is just repurposing old figures to cut them up, re-glue them, repaint them to make new stuff. So yeah, I also do those. That's actually what I do. How'd you end up doing the uh, the Michael Myers and the Loomis ones, the Amigo ones? Because those are, those are really impressive. Oh, nice. Thank you, man. Uh, you know, like when I collect, I just, it kind of goes in waves and I'll obsess about something for a few months or half a year or a year or whatever. And I was on Amigo kick for a while and was getting sick of three, three quarter inch figures and all that stuff. And I was like, I'm going to make some Migos. This will be a great new medium that I've never worked in before. Cloth and sewing. And by the time I was done, I was like, I'm never making Migos again. So <laughs> that's enough of that. Well, they look great. My thank you. Thank you. Where did Loomis's head come from? Uh, it's Boss Hog from Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> and I just painted a goatee on him. He looks exactly like Loomis. Yeah, it's a, oh, I had to trim. Boss Hog has kind of the sort of the white trash hair that kind of hangs down the back. He's bald, but his hair kind of comes down. I had to trim some of that up. But yeah, I was, I was impressed how much Donald Pleasance looks like Boss Hog in Mego form, at least. The the thing that interests me most is the packaging because I can't even like begin to figure out how you would like without a factory package toys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. It's, I mean, and we can really be honest. I'm glad you kind of bring that up. I mean, that's, for a lot of the figures I make, that's kind of what's doing the heavy lifting is the packaging. You know, I mean, with the fog, it's 99% is the packaging. But right. um, It's a really nice package, too. It really, um, it like almost looks like that movie should have had a toy line because it looks... It, dude, it, totally that poster art was like made for a card back it was like so perfectly just oriented and like the i mean it was just spot on i'm surprised no one had ever used that before i agree but like i mean like physically how do you how do you stick it all together what's the um where do you get like the bubbles um, from and everything for one yeah there's a dude on ebay who just sells bubbles i mean dude, there's someone on ebay selling everything so there <laughs> happens to be a guy who sells plastic blisters in different sizes and um so I buy them from him. I print out the card back uh, using cardstock. I've kind of experimented on different types of cardstock and found a really nice thick one that's really shiny and it just looks baller. And then I spray mount that onto just a comic book board. You know, the board that you put in a you know comic book sleeve. Right. And then you know, I just cut them. I clip the corners. I have a punch that's like that kind of iconic bag bar punch at the top um, mm. that my in-laws got me for my birthday a couple of years ago. Kind of a, sort of a sad birthday gift, but it was what I wanted. <laughs> so, And then I just mount the blister, the plastic bubble, with double-sided pit. Well, the, the finished product is, is incredible. And uh, some, of the, some of the custom figures, they, they look so legit that it's hard to believe that they're, they're custom done like uh the teenage mutant ninja turtles ones like the 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 hand on the the donny krueger one i should explain the turtles oh, yeah, one yeah, you yeah. did uh you know movie monster guys for for each one of them you had raf Voorhees, mikey myers leatherface leo donny krueger but like there there's so many details where it's like all right well where the hell would that even come from like where did the the claw come from for uh donny krueger 
that was there was just the Ninja Turtle figure. It was you know Bebop, Rocksteady and Bebop. Ah. There's a version of Bebop where he's a robot, like you do, and he has this giant claw. And I saw that and was like, that might have even been what started it. Was seeing that and was like, that would be cool to make that a, you know, a Freddy Krueger claw, and then everything kind of viral and then six months later i'm sitting in my basement stressing over ninja turtles and it's done and i never want to see them again so short short version of that so which ones were your first ones the first figures i ever made um oh i did some i took some vintage kenner figures and made Mega Man 2 figures ah, and some yeah. mario figures that was the first one uh, those were the first ones that i ever posted and willingly showed people i think i did a little bit before that yeah, the Mega Man ones yeah. are great. Thank you. Man, Nintendo fans hated those. Really? That's so I weird because they really reflect like the, the box art of like the early Mega Man stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think so too. And like I said, they really speak to, you know, just like a classic era of, you know, if we, they'd made figures in the late 80s for Mega Man, what would they maybe look like? And you know, figure collectors and toy collectors really responded well. And I mean, the guys at Kotaku wrote about them and it was pretty cool. But then there was like one or two Nintendo only sites that wrote about them. And just on the Nintendo only sites, people were just lit, just couldn't stand them. Well, why would I get this one if I just have my Kotobuki or Mega Man or whatever it was? And uh, those comments were great fun to read. It was just people just livid. I mean, I've never seen anyone angry about a thing existing before. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, th- fans can be so fickle with that stuff. It's so hard to predict. Is the old guy yeah, Obi-Wan? Totally. Yes, that's an Obi-Wan that I... On the package, I put um, Dr. Light, but I'm pretty sure that on the box art, that's actually supposed to be Dr. Wiley. He just looks like Dr. Light. I don't know. One right. of those little things that eats me. Eats I think me I had that Obi-Wan. What That's inspired great, you to what inspired you to to start doing this? Was it because you were just you liked it and you wanted to do it, or because you didn't like what was out there already? Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit of both, but it was more of the first thing of just I just kind of wanted to start making figures. My kid, my first kid, had just been born, so this was I don't know I don't have any concept of time anymore. But it was at <laughs> some point before now, and I was in my basement with my toy collection and. I was like, you know, I think I'm going to maybe try cutting some of these up and painting. I really liked doing models, and I thought that would be really fun. And then came sort of the second part of like what you just said, Jenna, of if I'm going to make something, I'm going to make something that I wish I had that didn't get made before. Yeah, I have to say, you know, like I look at some action figures. I, the most recent example I can think of, I like I also love action figures. I've always been a huge fan. And then I go and see movies, and I always want, I still want to buy them, even though... I, you know, like I'm not playing with them anymore, obviously, and even collecting them, I only have so much space. So, you know, I try to limit it, but the new Star Wars action figures, if you look up the Poe Dameron figure, they're terrible. They're all really bad. They look nothing like Oscar Isaac in the weirdest way. Like there's one of them that just looks like a 60 year old guy who runs a bodega. Like it's just like the (laughs) most bizarre thing. And like, I look at that and I think like, man, I would love to make my own version of this or like, why, why isn't this okay? You know, or like actually even those old Star Wars figures for episode one, when they started to re-release the original Star Wars cast figures. Yeah. And And then like Leia, they just use like a male body and like they literally stuck two boobs on her and they were like, it's fine. And those are the ones where Luke was was real jacked. Yeah. What were the ones where Luke was like, Luke looked like T-Man. 
<laughs> yeah, it was a dark time for toy collecting. What are the what are the good and bad times? What's like the golden uh, age? Well, I mean, it really depends what you're into. For me, I mean, 80s, just 80s toys were you can't beat them. If you like toys and you like vintagey stuff, 80s is just the way to go. GI Joe, He-Man, Transformers, Ghostbusters, Sectars, Tron. I mean, you just had everything, and it was. What was that one before Tron? Uh, Sectars. I got some Sectars. I got some news for you that you're going to uh, be floored by. My uncle actually created sectars. What the hell is, is sectars? Your uncle Tim Clark? Yep. Your uncle's Tim Clark? Dude? Yeah. <laughs> wow. He, he created shit. those right. in the Tony Boglins. Clark. Yeah. <laughs> I like that John and I, I have I've, no idea. <laughs> I have no Yeah. What's a sectar? Wow. Well, sectars uh, were these action figures that that they they sort of sat on a cross between an action figure and like a stuffed animal that were like they they looked like giant spiders and things like that they were really impressive he did a lot of stuff in in the 80s that was kind of like breaking out of the mold of uh action figure stuff like with the boglins i don't know if you guys are familiar with but uh i mean those were the boglins they were basically hand puppets that were in cages and uh, you you put your hand in, and you could sort of play with them as they're in the cage, or you could take them out, and like they were they looked like gremlin-y kind of uh, yeah. scary figures. Those were really fun. But yeah, Tim Clark, that's my uncle. <laughs> man, oh man, that is blowing my mind, Cody. That's awesome. <laughs> I follow him on Instagram. Nice. Does he still make yeah. toys? Yeah, he still does. Uh, he's doing some puppet stuff, and he's he still brings some stuff out here and there, but. Uh, Mostly, I think he, he's focused on puppets now. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Small world, man. Yeah, that's funny. So, uh, what what are some of your favorite like movie based uh, action figures? Because I I have like weird deep cut favorites. Like I have memories where like I was crazy about like the Kevin Costner. Uh, uh, Robin, Robin Hood. Hood. Those, oh, those I had Costner so Robin Hood. <laughs> and I had like all these like side characters from it that I would just use and play with that like. Like, I don't even know. Costner Robin Hood was always the one who the T-Rex ate when I was doing (laughs) Jurassic Park. Because he was just sort of like generic dude. Yeah. And I drew um, with like acrylic paint blood all over his face. So for like years, (laughs) I just had like a bloody Kevin Costner. (laughs) And then I forgot where he came from. So I would just open the thing and it would just be like bloody Kevin Costner from... Nobody knows. Yeah, that was always fun when you would forget where even like the action figure was from. It would just get mixed in with the others and you'd just be like, I don't even know. Like maybe this was from like a, a kid's show that was on 10 episodes. Like I don't even remember. Yeah. Like what? Because they kind of just all feel like from the same universe. Yeah, right. They all kind of look the same a little bit too. Same type of molds. And yeah, for sure. It's a glorious thing. A big bin full of random action figures, I think. Yeah. So do you have some uh, favorites that you think were particularly well-designed, maybe? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess for my money, Kenner, the Kenner Star Wars line is as good as it could. I mean, that was, that's my line. Mm. You know, a lot of those figures, some of those figures were reused. The molds were reused to make those Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves figures. Ah. Yeah, like, uh, all right, picture Return of the Jedi in Jabba's Palace. There's all the sort of green pig-like guards. They're called Gamorrean guards. We could get kind of nerdy here for a minute. Mm. But those Gamorrean guards from the old Kenner line were repurposed 
to make um, Friar Tuck for the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves line. Really? <laughs> hmm. That's yeah, amazing. He's really a big strange. fat pig guard? Yeah, That's they just sad. put a robe over him, and it's like, yeah, they changed his face, but they just gave him a robe and he's wearing sandals. Like, eh, close enough, I guess. Changed his skin tone. Who, hmm. was, uh, who was Costner? Costner was an original mold. They reused That's why I looked exactly body. like Kevin Costner. You really <laughs> like Kevin Costner. That's maybe like the closest match I've ever seen a toy. <laughs> yeah, they used a body from uh, Kenner DC Superpowers figures. He was Green Arrow's body, which they used. Mm. Oh yeah, because um, he had his little his like tunic. Yeah, huh. right, totally. And his finger was in like a position to be holding a bow and stuff. So yeah, those are funny. Never thought I'd be discussing Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves action figures with three other adults. At some point. <laughs> those must have bombed, right? Good. Or maybe not, because at least three of us had them. I feel like everybody had them for some reason. Did those yeah, bomb? Totally. They were super common. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> They're pretty cheap these days, too, so... What are the big, like, are there any that are, like, the, the holy grails? Uh, I mean, there's some particular lines that are just in themselves rarer, and um, there's a really cool Lord of the Rings toy line from the 70s made by a company called Knickerbocker that um, I think pre-movie Lord of the Rings toys are just awesome before the movies came out and those are those are ones that I got my eye on that are just the whole line is a little bit rarer and a little bit more expensive. All right, then the the flip side of that is you know how like every record store has a bunch of copies of Tijuana Brass by Herb Albert? <laughs> yeah, totally, right. <laughs> is there like a toy version of that? Yeah, I mean, I'd say there's I mean, there, dude, you probably just hit it with Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. I mean, everybody really? had one of those. There's a uh a couple of Batman figures that I feel like were pretty common that uh, almost everybody had um, a, a penguin in like a little blue suit. That's just like, I feel like it was in everybody's toy. Box. Oh, I had yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, wow. Totally. Had removable I remember there was like um, 50 or 60 like Batmans, like, uh, like Michael Keaton Batmans. Like I had like one that was like, he had like a white Batman outfit and I had one where it was like, it was silver, but it was like webbed. And there were all these yeah, like yeah, yeah. weird variations. Like over a hundred. Didn't they celebrate some, uh, I did like a, a paper on, um, the Batman toys for class in college and like the economics of them. Cause they made way more money off the toys than they ever did on the movie. And it's why they never got a good Superman movie off the ground. But like, I remember oh. there was some milestone, where they had they had like a big celebration at um I guess it would have been Hasbro or whatever because it was like a hundred different versions of just Batman. Wow, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, that Michael Keaton mold. They just cranked them out. Oh yeah, and I I fell for it every time as a kid. I was like, no, nah, I need the yellow one. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the big yellow one. <laughs> I remember the yellow one. He had like big yellow armor. There were all these suits that, like, he would never have the time to use, like, in the films. <laughs> like, that I guess were just lying around in theory. Well, did you ever see the Terminator <laughs> 2 or the Aliens ones where they have to, like, basically create all new characters and stuff because they just don't have enough? There was yeah. a Terminator 2 one. You probably remember this. Where it was, like, a big bald dude with all these tubes sticking out of it and, like, a claw arm, like a crusher claw. Yeah, 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 right. I remember the big mechanical arm. Yeah, he was like Dr. Claw Arm guy or whatever, who apparently was supposed to have been in Terminator 2. And he was like tan. He was like a tan robot all over with like Borg stuff sticking out of him and a big crusher arm. And 
you were just, I guess, supposed to roll with him that, you know, he was in the deleted scenes. I guess he got cut for time. Yeah. Yeah. That whole subplot just. (laughs) Yeah. Where, where uh, John Connor's hanging out with Dr. Crusher arm as well as Bud Nick. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's the third friend. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, your, your Super Mario Brothers ones brought back memories because I, I had the the Super Mario Brothers movie figures. I remember I had the Leguizamo and the the Bob Hoskins, which I really I kind of dug those. I liked the shape of those. They were kind of like wide. They were kind of like in like yeah. a good position. Stocky. Yeah, and I, I liked that. And uh, I remember playing with those a lot. But you you actually opted to make your your Mario pretty uh, slim. You you got like the slim fast uh, Mario in yours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was all I could find. It's uh, I think it's an X, it's an X-wing pilot, body, ah. so it worked good enough. Yeah, man, those Mario movie figures, those are fun. I will get behind those as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I had like the what, the Koopa with like the he just has that little head on that big body. Yeah, it's a great yeah, right. figure. It was good. It's a good action figure design, definitely. <laughs> that I have fond memories yeah. of of that, and the Xena action figures were actually really nice. I remember and oh yeah, they were good. They they looked like everyone in the cast. Like their bodies looked like women's bodies for, for once. You could take <laughs> off all their clothing, which of course anyone wants to do with everything. You know, like my mom always wondered why all the Barbies were stripped and naked and headless. <laughs> like you know, that's what you do. That and then Darkwing Duck. I had all the action figures for Darkwing Duck, and those were great too. They had that like they were like the Ninja Turtle ones. They were like robust. And they were like really like smooth and like had like nice bright vibrant paint. They yeah. were great. Yeah, yeah I do was, remember those. When it was cartoons, it, it it always seemed like they did a better job because they had like maybe an easier template. Like I remember the Batman animated series ones. Like those, you know, oh, they, they, yeah, they definitely great. looked like the cartoon. They had that like Bruce Tim vibe. A lot easier to capture a uh, cartoon, I guess, than like the intricacies of Kevin Costner's face and like a one inch by one inch little thing they killed it with costner though i mean you could spot him a mile off yeah <laughs> are there any you like want to do but you haven't figured out how to because of that like because there's there's nothing that looks quite right um yeah i'm sure i mean every project that i've made has been preceded by you know a week or a month or two months of planning and deciding what to do and seeing what else is out there so tons of ideas have been scrapped in the past solely because, you know, I can't sculpt faces or I can't mold stuff. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, I can't think of, I'm mean, sure if I sat here in silence for you guys for five minutes, I could think of some, but we don't really need to do that. But yeah, it, it does get in the way, the fact that I can't actually sculpt or make my own. You do a pretty good job with it, though. I think the fact that you, you have such a vast knowledge base of what exists, <laughs> you know, whether or not yeah. you can even find it, like that, that in itself is really impressive. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And I mean, that's kind of just the thing that I do. I kind of think the double layer of nostalgia is kind of fun when people can be like, oh, that's Mario. And then also look closely and be like, oh, that's a Star Wars figure. And it's like, hey, that, I like to kind of do that. What's your uh, collection looking like these days? Like how many figures do you have? What, do you, what are some of the prized ones? Oh, I mean, it's just so much stuff, dude. It's like, I mean, it's all put away these days. I had a whole basement just set up. Um, I have pictures on the Death by Toys Flickr page um, of what was called my Manporium, which was my basement just filled with stuff. But then my kids came along and 
you know, believe it or not, a two-year-old doesn't have a lot of respect for a really rare, expensive three-inch action figure. You think he would, <laughs> but he doesn't. I love that your kids so ruined your action figures. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they've ruined plenty more, too. So it's okay, but they, um, it's all put away in the basement, but it's still just bin after bin after bin after bin of stuff. I'm slowly scaling back, but I don't know. I, there's very little I can't, I can't bring myself to part with. It's addicting. It really is. I don't, there's something really satisfying about buying like a nice action figure. What are those, yeah. um, those ones that are coming out now? And that, see, I'm, I'm so out of it. I, I, this is one of those things. I don't even want to know too much about it because then I might be tempted to buy them, but they're <laughs> like those like $300, like Japanese made action figures. And they're pretty large and they're like hyper realistic and they're doing yeah, like, I, I can look it up. They, they did one of Elvis actually. It was, it was so bizarre. Can I just say, while you're looking that up, I just looked up, uh, Dr. Crusher arms name is <laughs> actually cyber grip villain. With crushing uh, claw action, so he was cyber grip villain. Yeah, from the Future War collection, which I guess. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, so I guess he wasn't hanging out with Budnick. He was in the Future <laughs> War. Oh, yeah, and that's Bobby why we Budnick was this person. Yeah, <laughs> but it's called Kotobukiya. Oh yeah, Kotobukiya. There you go. <laughs> Those yeah, are yeah, so yeah. crazy, and they're so expensive, and they're beautiful. Like they don't look—they look, they look yeah. like a photo. I love that he was like, "Oh yeah, Kodabukia." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do make really. I mean, their stuff almost borderlines on like like a statue, almost. Yeah, you know, like a bus. But you can move yeah, their arms and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Do you have if like you an, want to break a screen? Do you have like an all-time favorite in your collection? Yeah, I mean, I have a top five. I mean, I have definitely things that are always hovering in my top five or top three. I mean, for me, it's, I'd have to say just the original first Luke from uh, the original Star Wars with just the little lightsaber that fit in his arm and slid in and out. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's that was like the little funny. banana one, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yellow, right? Totally. <laughs> makes no sense. It was not even... There was not even a yellow lightsaber in the movie, but I mean, there's something so classic about that for me. Didn't yeah. the Thund- Thundercats uh, had that too, right? They had little things that moved within them or their mouths moved. Yeah. They had a little button on the back and their arms would move, you know, once yeah. they had like a swinging arm and you touch a little battery pack to their back and their eyes would light up. And um, I put probably lion from the original Thundercats in my top five and He-Man, original He-Man I'd put in there too, just, too classic not to. You know which ones I liked was I liked the ones where it had like the the thumb divot in the back where you could like kind of rotate it at the at the uh, waist. You remember those figures like randomly oh, like yeah, there yeah, would be yeah. one like that where you could just kind of like it was almost like you could make them like punch what are the X-Men left and that? right. Yeah. Do you remember those? Yeah, a ton of those 90s Marvel figures had that, right? Just a little grip on the back just to kind of swivel them at the waist. Yeah. Yeah, their hip shaking grip. That was some good stuff. Yeah. They had one of the, the Ninja Turtle ones. You could like turn him and then it was tension held and he would press a button and it would release. So, oh, yeah. He's been around, I think, multiple yeah. times, right? Yeah. And he had uh, what the one I had with that was he was a baseball player because I guess they were playing baseball one day. Oh, yeah. Because they were running out of money. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I so know he would swing totally. the baseball bat when he did that. <laughs> 
You know which one I always yeah. wanted, which I never had as a kid, was uh, the Karate Fighters. Do you remember those? Yeah. No, I'm thinking of. <laughs> they look like did they look like He-Man figures? It was uh, it was a version of Rock'em Sock'em Robots where it was like you stick a guy on like a stick or whatever, and you would you had like two buttons you could press, and it would do like karate moves instead of like punching. It sounds like something that would be made up if you had to have like a toy in a movie. It would be Karate Fighters, and they would do that. <laughs> it was a real thing. I, like this is something in like a Barry Levinson movie. Someone would be trying to invent. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I loved the commercial for it, man. It was uh, you know, it was one of those commercials where like they must have shot like 10, 20, 30 hours of just close-up shots of the figures to like isolate the moments where they actually looked like they were doing like karate looking moves. <laughs> and it's like the, the you know, the commercial goes by in like 30 seconds. You can find it on the YouTube the commercial. And uh, it just makes it look like the coolest fucking toy ever because it's like you just press buttons and your action figure is like doing these awesome kicks and all sorts of stuff and knocking each other over. It, it, it looked incredible. I may have to just fucking plop down and buy them one day in the future. Yeah, that's hilarious. I barely remember those. I mean, there's something about that in itself too that I love of like just some crappy little gimmick of like, yeah, you push a button and his arm flaps and it looks like a karate chop, but trying to sell it as if it's like this, Awesome karate kung fu move. And With like so many like it. micro variations too. Yeah. You know, like they all totally. did basically the same thing, but they all had like very different names for it. Yeah, definitely. And some sort of angle that they would take of, you know, action chopping motion. It's like it's the same spring on every other figure, <laughs> basically. You, know? you should do one of yours with some karate chopping action. I mean, I guess not the I mean, fog. I <laughs> can't really can't really get the fog to karate chop i guess not i mean i guess i try to throw little things like that on the packaging i mean i guess i sort of tried to do that with the fog of like fully posable like the real thing and <laughs> like totally captures the spirit of like the 80s and i mean how even the 90s of really trying to take nothing and make it sound like it's totally something you know yeah how do you feel about the uh, the G.I. Joe ones where it had, like, the rubber band in the middle? That shit would always break. Oh, God, those always got annihilated. God, those are, like, the bane of my existence. <laughs> in really? fact, the first batch of figures I ever made using G.I. Joe parts, I used the bands. I mean, because you can take them apart and replace the bands, the O-rings, as they call them. Um, um, as Dor- yeah, as like Dor- the shuttle. Call them. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and I stopped using them so now when i make anything with gi joe's i pull out the rubber bands and then i glue you know it's five six different pieces the legs and the little groin piece and the body and the arms and i just glue them together now because those things are fickle as shit they'll just pop on you out of nowhere suddenly Mm. so i don't want that to happen like in a packaging too to just suddenly have always a fully assembled figure to just be like a pile of severed limbs sitting at the bottom. <laughs> That's another type of figure. spare G.I. Joe groins around just in case? Do you have like a little stockpile <laughs> of the G.I. Joe groins? Yeah. Dude, I have so many G.I. Joe parts. It's like borderline sociopath. Just keeping <laughs> them in a drawer in my basement. But I can't part with them. You never know. Is there a special you groin drawer or are they all mixed in? <laughs> yeah. That is like maybe a little dark even for me. So I keep <laughs> they're all put together. If I want my wife to stick around, I don't know if I need a drawer of G.I. Joe groins. Especially <laughs> labeled on the front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> in a nice decorative vase or something like that. Maybe. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. And and absolutely, if you're listening, go to his site, deathbytoys.com. Check out these figures. Really, really awesome stuff. And uh, are the Fog thank ones still, still available to purchase? Uh, I haven't said anything yet, but I'll say it here. Um, I'm going to make another run of them. I'm going to make maybe another 10 or so. Um, you guys are interested just shoot me an email and I'll just make you guys one special so you don't have to try to fight the crowds to get them. But yeah, I'm going to make another batch, I think. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, man. You, get, you, working on you, any, uh, you working on any others now before you go? Yeah, I got a batch of uh, Nintendo figures. I don't want to say too much more because it's kind of in the works and not that anyone really cares. But uh, yeah, I got a few things. I'm always working on something. God forbid I just sit still and enjoy my life for a minute so <laughs> cool man all right so thank you so much for talking to us and deathbytoys.com that's the website thank you dan awesome thanks guys this was really fun all right we'll be right back with more episodes see you soon and now smug film presents robot reenactments does the female form make you uncomfortable mr lebowski uh, is that what this is a picture of? In a sense, yes. My art has been commended as being strongly vaginal which bothers some men. The word itself makes some men uncomfortable. Vagina. Oh yeah. Yes, they don't like hearing it and find it difficult to say whereas without batting an eye a man will refer to his dick or his rod or his Johnson. Johnson? This has been a robot reenactment. Now, back to the show. Hello, I am the Hunky Smug Film Sponsor Plug Man. I'm here to tell you about the fine people who support the Smug Film Podcast through Patreon. You all should check out Bobby Slow on Twitter, he's a very funny and good man who tweets funny and good things and is worthy of your love. And he has a really good Twitter ratio of followers to following. That's impressive. Once again, that's Bobby Slow on Twitter. You should also check out Minor Key Games. Go on over to MinorKeyGames.com and check out these awesome computer games made by David and Kyle Pittman. Two brothers that make great video games with an old school feel. Cody hates new video games for the most part, but he enjoys the heck out of these. Once again, that's MinorKeyGames.com. Also, be sure to check out Room Full of Spoons, Rick Harper's documentary about the cult classic film The Room. It's a great documentary that we all love here as Smug Film, and go to roomfullofspoons.com to find out when it's coming to your city. Thank you for listening to my hunky voice, and thank you all who have donated to the show. And if you would like to be plugged on the show, please head on over to patreon.com slash smugfilm and donate. And now, back to the episode. Hello. I am the new Smug Film voicemail plug lady. I'm sexier, better, and lovelier in every way. Anyway, please leave a question or a comment for the Smug Film Podcast at 718-395-9711, and we may play it on a future episode. Thank you for listening to my beautiful voice, and now, back to the show. Alright, we are back, and here is a voicemail. Hey, this is uh, Malcolm, longtime listener of Smug Film. I've called him before. I just wanted to ask, do you guys like musicals? I like musicals. 
And did you guys see Magic Mike Double XL from uh, 2015, which is kind of a musical? At least I think so. All right, thanks. Bye. Yeah, we like musicals, right? Yeah, I mean, not Oklahoma, but <laughs> not Oklahoma. <laughs> no, no. John had a had a horrible experience with Oklahoma. Yeah, but I like musicals, and I like Magic Mike. Yeah. Both Magic Mikes. The you, second one was a little disappointing. I thought. Really, I think I liked the second one a little more. Really? That's that's interesting because it was much lighter and, and fluffier, which I guess has its merits. The first one's like hardcore depressing. Yeah. Because <laughs> Soderbergh, I was, liked the... Soderbergh was hardcore depressed. I mean, <laughs> yeah. did he stop yeah. making films a couple after that? Yeah. yeah. I liked the lighter one more. I thought it was uh, a delight. Well, we were... Magic Mike 2 is a delight. <laughs> is it we uh we just saw hail caesar separately but yeah we wouldn't we wouldn't do a movie together no he lives too far away but <laughs> also there's a lot of hate yeah also the the blatant hatred but um we did go to a devil party together though yeah john and i went to go see we saw i invited john to a party for satan the other day yeah we chilled with the devil i was waiting for rob zombie the whole time never happened a whole bunch of naked people. You would came think out. he would just be at every one. I know there was a theremin solo though, yeah, and a and a knife thing and naked people. And then at any point, if you like were going to the bathroom, or whatever, and you passed another guy who was like a moderate for the devil, you would have like a moment because you'd be like, "What's up, man?" Yeah. Well, they put blood on our heads when we walked in. Yeah. Too. The the best part of this though is the next day I got a phone call at work of of a client saying, "Were you at a party for Satan last?" <laughs> <laughs> and we both like we both bonded we were like i really wanted them to do more with that knife in that hog's head right <laughs> <laughs> was it an actual hog's head yeah they could bunch yeah. of naked people it came looked out. like it was gonna turn into purge two up there they had like a big american flag and we we're making a whole big thing it was a black american flag yeah and like a knife and a hog's head but it, it never purged two and there was a theremin solo <laughs> going never, on in the background purged, <laughs> over the whole time yeah yeah, the like, guy took his shirt off while playing theremin. Yeah, and I was a little pissed that he didn't play the theremin with his dick. Because if you're going to start stripping while you're playing the theremin, the obvious end game is you're going to play the theremin with your dick. Yeah, that's, that's the finale. Yeah. But yeah, I like musicals. Yeah. <laughs> but you didn't like Oklahoma. That was a torturous, torturous experience. How much would somebody need to pay you to watch Oklahoma again? Really depends on the setting. Yeah. I mean, if I can bring a book, <laughs> you know, like whatever. What if no book? What if you have to... Like, if I'm really watching Oklahoma again? Clockwork Orange, though. Maybe not full clockwork. But if I really, like, there's no escape, I'm just watching Oklahoma again? That's at least $200. Yeah. Wait, let me think about it. Okay, that movie's probably, like, three hours even-ish, a little under three. Well, it's it's billed as three hours. In in actuality, it's it's a good 20, 30 hours. (laughs) True. (laughs) No, yeah, no, I would, $300, $100 an hour for that. Yeah. That's, that was a really bad fucking movie. What do you, what do you think made it so bad? It's like everything, I'm very thankful every day that I wasn't alive for the 50s, because it really seems like almost worse than the war years, like the worst time in recent history to be alive. Mm. Like, I feel like everybody was just stressed to the point of the breaking point in the 50s. Nobody trusted anybody. Nobody had any real friends. Everybody was terrified all the time. You know, like, the 50s really seem fucking bad. It's like being trapped in a Virginia Woolf story. And, like, Oklahoma, I think, really suffers from that. There's a lot of very false, desperate smiles for the first, like, two hours. Yeah, and it's a lot of, like... 
you know you belong to the land and the land you yeah like a lot of like grand. false cheer like the kind that like 40 years earlier would have dragged people into the trenches in world war one and when they say it's that same sort of yeah <laughs> it's um you know that feeling like when you're watching like a car insurance commercial now and that smart ass lady walks out in the in the like white room and they flow. make jokes about their how they're, happy they are to be their car insurance and everything flow. And the whole time you're like, I just can't, I hate every facet of this operation and I hate how cheerfully you're presenting this whole stupid thing to me. It's like that for like three hours. Oh, man. But They're like only with the, saying, you're doing fine, John D'Amico, John This is D'Amico. why we don't go to movies together. Okay. <laughs> this is exactly it. So you had to see Hail Caesar separate. Yeah, we saw Hail Caesar, for, Caesar separately. For this, for this clear reason. But Channing Tatum, we, we were just commenting about how great he was dancing in the that. The Tates, yo, that scene was awesome. And how much we really want to watch that movie, which it basically there's, you know, the whole movie was... It was a little disjointed, I thought. I thought that was maybe its downside. But it, every piece it's, was amazing. I, I really wanted I to see every movie. I started to think movie. of it as like one of those like short story collections that yeah. they would publish in like 50s Hollywood. Yeah. You know, like Fitzgerald's short stories about that. And everybody's, you know, like it really had that sort of vibe where you'd like get these glimpses at these separate, somewhat connected worlds then. And you kind of wanted more of each of them. Agreed. Did yeah. it feel like a lot was cut from it? Because uh... I don't think so. I think it just intentionally was going for the style of like, like it feels like Altman in that sense. Well, I've heard that some actors are in it for like a absurdly short amount of time. And it almost feels like maybe there was more scenes that they were in that maybe it just, I mean, it's very possible, but it didn't feel like that. Exactly. Uh Like it felt like it was full stories, just very short ones. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, they could have, they could have cut stuff, but I, I just, I wanted more. I think that's all it was. It was, they were short and they were so good that you were like pissed that there wasn't more to it. There are at least three movies within the movie in that movie that I would have watched the whole movie. Yeah, that they're literally shooting movies. That's really impressive for one of those kinds of movies. Yeah, every like movie within the movie is really good in this. Yeah, it, it's shockingly, and the actors are like perfect. Like the yeah. Channing Tatum is in basically like anchors away. He's a sailor, and he's doing this big bar dance number of like they have to go back out to sea, and it was great. It, it was, was like so good. Yeah, it, it was like a perfect Gene Kelly. Like impersonation, essentially. I would watch that whole thing now. Like if you did like a Magic Mike 2 style of a comedy, like with that exact tone, and it was Channing Tatum in that like very artificial bar set. Like I would really like that movie. Oh, yeah. No, but that's the thing, you know, so that's that's what I was going to mention, actually, is just that like it's so weird to me that people shit on musicals so often because I, I just don't understand it. Like, they're, they're so much fun. They're just like, especially, all right, granted, there's a lot of bad musicals out there. There's a lot of, you know, we just talked about Oklahoma. There's stuff that people don't like. I, Oklahoma's all right. Well, not, it's I don't the movies it, with a lot of artifice. Audiences, general audiences always respond negatively to movies with a lot of artifice. I'm never really sure why, but it's the same reason, like, but then, like sci-fi and horror gets treated like shit. Well, and, like, there'll like be, like, one level of artifice people go for. Like, right now, it's the superhero stuff. Yeah. But, you know, like when you veer out of the sort of accepted pretend, it's like when you're little kids and you start playing a game that the other kids aren't playing and they start to argue about you like ruining it. People think of it as like ruining their reality. Yeah. Like the big complaint with musicals is that um, realistically nobody would sing. But like if you're watching a cartoon, realistically, nobody would be a cartoon. 
Well, that, that's if you're what watching a superhero movie, realistically, nobody's going to fucking fly. It's like with Kung Fu stuff where like for a, a while there was the, oh, let's make fun of Kung Fu like hard. Like all, all yeah. the old Shaw Brothers stuff. Let's pretend like, uh, you know, oh, it's funny. Like all the voices don't match up and they're like kicks and punches and like crack, burr, burr. And it's like we really needed a, a video cast of the yeah. <laughs> gestures that were just happening. That was executed wonderfully. By, that was a, yeah, that was a flawless set. Yeah. And, but like you go back and you look at some of the stuff, you look at a movie like uh, 36 Chambers. Yeah, it's beautiful. Gorgeous. And it's like a musical in that it's really just like spectacular, like expressive choreography. Yeah. I have this this theory that um, I don't know how much scrutiny this thing would hold up to. So I don't say it a lot. But I have this like really casual theory that the musicals went away and the like audience desire for like beautiful choreography just transmuted into action movies. Yeah. I think that's I think valid. That's, yeah. Because action, yeah. People went for violence instead of, I mean, a dance in, in, in action is the same exact thing. You see they, that with they professional learned how to wrestling, shoot, uh, fist fights by watching how they shot Buzz, Busby Berkeley musicals. Yeah. Republic studios, William Whitney, uh, he was doing, uh, serials for them and he figured out how to shoot, fist fights that were realistic by watching Busby Berkeley shoot his musicals in like chunks. And then when he started to think of fist fights in terms of like, you basically, you have like a little piece of action and you shoot that and then you shoot the next piece of action and you control the elements of it as opposed to just, you know, having people swing and filming it all. Like that was what, what created action choreography was watching Busby Berkeley's dance choreography. Mm. So they're always, I think, since the beginning has been an interplay between the two. Well, here's what pisses me off is that people who, you know, as you're saying that people say that music, musicals, oh, no one would do that. Meanwhile, we have people who are, you know, like no one cares about uh, music videos half the time. I know there's plenty of people who don't like they them. They care but about it on YouTube now. It's like, it's got this resurgence where like if, if Beyonce drops a music video, everyone's going to fucking Everyone watch it. There's a really good it. book about how that happened, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, music videos it's are completely called- fake. They're completely like, you know, just people, uh, you know, just, just lip syncing in a fake room doing nothing. And yet also the whole thing, we're all walking around with iPods on. You know, as if we're reacting, as if nobody's actually, uh, you know, singing out loud. We're all secretly singing out loud, at, like, as we walk to work or whatever. It's just so right. dumb to me. You know, like, why why are you singling out musicals as, like, gay or something? You know, like, or, like you know, something offensive when, like, you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, everybody it, everyone... can relate to singing along or something. But what, what what's the book? It's called the How Music Got Free. It was published last year. The author's name, I think, Stephen Witt, I think. Uh, it's really good, which is why I'm jumping in here to mention it. it it's about, um, it, it follows basically from the invention of MP3 through Napster to the decline of the studios. Um, and it, it's all about how like later what they figured out was that they they could think of music videos in a YouTube world, not as a promotional tool, but as a um, separate piece of art. Mm. And then that was like a main way that they started to recoup a lot of the money they started to lose through uh Piracy. It's a really interesting book. That sounds great. Yeah, I would check that Super out. Super short, too. Quick read. Hmm. How Music Got Free. I yeah. think musicals are truer to life than a lot of shit. Well, the good ones are. The trouble with musicals, I think, also is music generationally ages, I think, more harshly than movies do. Like, even in movies, some of the, the hardest things to get through in older movies can be the style of score. Like, On yeah. the Beach, I have trouble watching because it has that really intense like Korngold style score. And it's like almost too much for that movie. Or you've got like those Abbott and Costello <laughs> movies where like, 
you know, halfway through, there's these little musical numbers where it's just yeah, like, they're bad. Like, oh, Hold man. that ghost has that one in, in, yeah. with the Andrew's sister. It is, it's just bad. I yeah. think comedy ages but, more poorly than music, though. I mean, when music is good, it's great. I mean, there's reasons why there's classical musicals that, that play on Broadway. Yeah, sure, for, but I mean, like, the average piece of music, I think. Like, it's, it's hard for me to sit through a lot of the stuff from the, um, like, Rodgers and Hammerstein style stuff. And, like, a lot of the, like, pre-jazz musicals. I have like a lot of trouble with just because I do not like the the sound of them at all. And I can appreciate the choreography and everything, but like the real intense singing and, and the and the like violins like cutting through everything, like I just I can't I have trouble listening to it. I don't like that style. So it's like an extra element to decay for audiences, which is a shame because there's a lot of um great stuff in those movies, but it it's like an extra obstacle. Which is why I think like a lot of the musicals I like are more dancing than singing. See, I'm the opposite. I I get bored for, da- for watching dancing if it goes on too long. Like that's why I, I like Gene Kelly more than Fred Astaire because Gene Kelly, he like wasn't a great singer, but like I usually he's singing fun songs and I like the music that he sings more often. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't really like the singing at all. I like uh, just watching people move. I think maybe that, I think that's probably more true to most people. I think most people like to watch dance and they like to watch a, People sing, but I don't know. That's why I, I think we're, that's we're looking thing. at a fucking tiebreaker right here. It was not saying anything. <laughs> well, I would I would err on the side of, of of dance as anybody who saw rehearsals would assume because the middle of that movie is just unbroken girl dancing in a park. All right, that, but then the counterpoint is Shredder. Yeah, which is well, <laughs> that's interesting too. I guess I've made a musical and a dance movie. In, in some small way, which uh, I never really thought about until now. There are these movies that are, I guess, I guess Shredder is a musical. And I remember I was I was listening to uh, an interview with Elvis Mitchell and Vincent Gallo. It was an interview from like 98, which just appeared on YouTube now that was like gone for ages. And uh, great little radio. I thought you were going to say gone for 60 seconds. No, it wasn't Gone for 60 Seconds. It was uh, it was the original Gone for 60 Seconds, not the... Oh, uh, yeah, the Roger Corbin one. Not the Angelina Jolie, uh, yeah, right. Nicolas Cage vehicle. I don't know if you noticed, but I perked up a little bit when you said Gone. I was like, Gone in 60 Seconds? <laughs> no, not, not that one. But Vincent Gallo gets really excited when Elvis Mitchell uh, talks about... Steals that car. Yeah, and in 60 seconds, the car is gone. Yeah. He gets real excited the uh, that Elvis Mitchell refers to Buffalo 66 as a musical. Cause he's like, finally somebody fucking realizes. Cause when you think about it, like the beats in that movie, it's really centered around music. And there's that great moment where there's a dance sequence in the bowling alley. And there's a, you got Ben Gazzara singing a song and you know, it has that, that flow. And he's like, finally somebody recognized that as what it is, because I feel like there are these kind of musicals that aren't, Singing yeah. in the rain, but they like once they're like they're yes like once pushing out musicals. Once. I haven't seen once, but I was gonna say Wes Anderson is like a musical half the time, but he's like the too cool for school musical because they have these beats where no one's speaking, they're just walking to the music, but no one's actually singing it. Yeah, or dancing or anything. yeah, they're just they're too cool for it, and it's good music, and he always has a good soundtrack. You know, I feel like everyone who loves Wes Anderson, like part of it is because they're like I love the soundtrack. Yeah, I mean he, he has great taste in music and like. Scorsese too. Like there are these certain directors who have just fantastic taste in music. But he's starting to fray with that though. You think so? I mean, like Wolf of Wall Street had really bad music in it. Yeah, it was. See, I don't even remember. I don't even remember uh, the Wolf of Wall Street music. 
So that, and it, I mean, he's a 70 year old man now, so it makes yeah. sense. But like, he has a 70 year old man's taste in music now. <laughs> but yeah, these kind of musicals, like uh, like like Malcolm. Thank you for for leaving the voicemail, by the way, Malcolm. But like Malcolm was talking about, you know, Magic Mike XXL, it's kind of a musical. You know, people are thinking about it as like this fun thing for the girls to go out to and like hoot and holler. But in essence, it's people singing and dancing. Well, not really singing, but dancing. I think Donald Glover sings. Oh, yeah. Right? Doesn't he? Yeah, which is a bummer. He's not. I like Donald Glover. I can't fucking stand him. Oh, he's so he's, funny. He's though. fine as an actor. I think his music is terrible. Oh yeah, his music doesn't really do it for me. He, I, I really miss his comedy though. He's yeah. such a great comedian. What was that movie um, that he did with his friends? Oh, that fucking horrible movie. It was like the oh, best the parts of that movie mystery, were him. Mystery, mystery team. team. Yeah, oh, it was awful. But the the he like was the YouTube best shorts they did. Oh yeah. my years god, before that were incredible. Those are fantastic. They're yeah. so good. Those are some of the best like early like YouTube sketch stuff. Oh, totally. Yeah. That one where he like shits his pants, great. Uh, yeah. Just Google Donald Glover shits his pants. It's the best. I don't, what was I don't the name think of it comes crew? up for I can't that. Remember. No, it, it, it will. It was uh, Derek. Derek yeah. comedy. Yeah, that was. They were great. Yeah, they, tons of good stuff. Yeah, he's him. very funny. I wish he would. Somebody would tell him he's not a good musician. Well, so yeah, he, he could gets, just go back. He gets so self-important about his music, and he has this like weird toughness to him. And, and it is whack as shit. Yeah, it's like fake. Like, like, who are you trying to fool kind of music, you know? It's like, who's going to who's gonna buy Donald Glover as hard? It's like, you're not hard, you're funny, you're fun. He doesn't really go for hard. He goes for, like, I don't know what you would call it. He but does, it's like he's a like a goofy... serious, serious artist, like, rap stuff, though. Yeah, he has that video where he's got, like, his hoodie yeah. on and he's in the giant room. But it's, like, he's... goofy at the same time. It's hard to, hard to track. I think it's serious. It but... is, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it, there's also, like, a little, like... You know, like, I'm also like a, you know, nerd who likes fucking 80s shit vibe to it, too. Yeah, the there, is, there is that. There's the reference It's stuff. like hard to hard to pin down what you would call that. I mean, it, it's he, not fucking Scarface. No. He wants to be Andre 3000 and he's failing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because Andre 3000. Like, as opposed to wanting to be, you know, like. God bless that man. Rakeem. Love that guy. Good old Andre. Really miss Outcast. <laughs> so in conclusion, Matt, actually, wait, Malcolm, no. But we, speaking of Outcast, have we have Idlewild. either of us seen Idlewild? I saw it in theaters. No. Was it good? I loved it. Yeah, I love Idlewild. Look Nobody at, ever I, talks about it. that's a great musical. I actually. could check that out. You know what was sweet? Dave Chappelle's Block Party. Oh, I love Remember that. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. so good. That was fucking sweet. Great little documentary and great music. Yeah, that's a good musical. Yeah, you, all, you, you everyone should go see Idlewild. I can't say enough great about that film. The music is amazing. Straight up, like I bought the the soundtrack immediately because it was so good. And that movie is really cute. It's not like trying to reinvent any wheels. It's just like a good old like you know two guys who want to do music and then their families are pulling them apart kind of kind of thing. And like there's a lot of cliches and but like it's very knowingly cliched. You know, it's meant to be this. It's almost like a fable. It's like do you think people thought it was too cliche? Do you think that was the problem? I think people just sort of dismiss stuff if it has too many black people. <laughs> I mean, that's a factor. You know, like it was, yeah, or like they sort of infantilized it when when it was so clearly playing to you know just obvious tropes. You think it was just not like what the zeitgeist kind of wanted? Do you think it was like a timing thing? Because I remember it kind of came and went. It was like it was in theaters for a hot minute. And nobody really cared about it, and then it was just gone. I think it was probably one of those things too. It just wasn't promoted correctly. It just was yeah, sort I haven't of, heard of this. 
Yeah, it was like this sort of like, it's a black movie, don't worry about it. So no one saw it, you know, except for like, you know, people who liked Outcast. But I, even actually, you know, the other thing is that fans of Outcast don't seem to like that CD and I love it. I have no idea why they don't like it. It's awesome. Janelle Monet is in it. That's how I first heard about oh, her. Oh, I like her. She's amazing. So it was like, I don't understand why it got so dismissed. And I wonder if maybe because the fans rejected it as being like too, I don't know, it, like just not bombs over Baghdad. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. that they thought it was like a little too, like too musical. And maybe I think maybe the fact that it was musical might've been what, what killed it because people have such a, like a stigma against musicals. Could be. Did either of you see the, um, sticky fingers movie, uh, a day in the life where it's all wrapped every line of the movie? No, I'm not going to tell you this is a great movie <laughs> cause it's pretty messy looking. Hmm. Uh, pretty bad camera work, not great sound. The story is not good. It's about like, you know, like a bunch of mob shit. or so. I don't even remember, to be honest. But like the whole thing is is wrapped and it's kind of awesome because it just it's an hour and a half. Right. And like it really you start to get sucked into this like alternate world where like that's how people communicate. Well, Would let's you say it's better than Carmen, a hip hopera. Yeah. Well, that was that was yeah, what Chirac was was kind of doing. Did you guys see Chirac? Well, Chirac was doing that because it was based on a um, play that was a lyric play. The thing that bugged me about Chirac, like I was I was kind of into it at the start, and then it it would just randomly not do that. Like it would just randomly decide, all right, well we're gonna stop. But like it it went so hard. Was it different characters doing it? Because that was a big. You know, like you'd have the prose characters. Okay. And the, um, then that's what threw me off. Yeah, that, that's how the, the structure goes. You'd have some people speak only in verse and then some speak only in prose. Yeah, it didn't seem... Either it wasn't clear or whatever. Like, at the beginning of the movie, there's almost like a preface where it's like Samuel Jackson explaining like, all right, and this is based on this, and it's all lyrics and blah, blah, blah. And then like, all right, we're like, all right. And then like a couple scenes is like that. And then the movie just kind of like stops and gets real boring and it's just people talking and it's like all right well why is that happening and then all I'm of a sudden people are doing it again is I, I haven't read the play in a long time i'm trying to remember if that is how the play works because now i'm trying to think about it i think the play is all verse when you're watching it you, you for like the first 15 minutes it feels like he wrote 15 minutes of it and then like he realized oh fuck i'm gonna have to keep this up for two hours and he was like <laughs> i'm gonna give myself some breaks and it, he doesn't let you in that like there, there's like no visual shift to indicate. All right, we're taking a breather from this. It's just like all of a sudden you're waiting for the rhymes to happen and then they're not coming. And also he's just not good at like writing rhymes. He's not a fucking rapper. <laughs> like you don't think Spike Lee when you think uh, uh, great, you know, rhyming verses. And so it, it feels like just shitty rhymes. So it kind of gets in the way. Mm. Failed, uh, failed attempt, I feel like. You know, I just, it really pisses me off that people can walk around with their iPods. I Like, I can't get over it. It's like... Who are these people with these iPods? Nobody's using iPods anymore. Oh, I totally still have my 10-year-old iPod. But like, you know, your iPhone, <laughs> so whatever the hell. it's just you. You're just mad at yourself. No, because <laughs> I'll happily, I'm the person on the train if, you know, I'll sing. I'll like take everything off and sing. Not my clothing, but the headphones. That didn't That's how right. you really clear the car, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just get naked and start singing. But what the fuck is happening? It really ensures you get a seat. It just you know? annoys me. I like a when whole subsection of to the hear people uh, who car. will dismiss an entire, you know, like they'll say, "I won't watch musicals." You well, know, I hate and they, that with they, any genre. Yeah, agreed. 
But it just, I, you see it so much with musicals and yeah. it's so much this sort musicals of Musicals like, and Westerns, I feel like, are the ones where people are like, well, I like all music except country or I like all <laughs> movies except Westerns and music, you know, like those are the ones that get like kicked away real fast. Unless someone's like a fucking scaredy cat and they throw horror in there too. Like those yeah. are the ones that are like quick to, quick to go. But it just annoys I'll me. I'll accept it with the horror people though. If they're just like, I'm just a coward and I can't yeah. do this, then you're like, all right. Yeah, that's a valid Continue reason. Continue your life, but there are people who as are just a coward. Like, no, no westerns, no musicals. Everything else is fine. Don't even get me started on the no westerns people. <laughs> and then there are the people who, because of that, have never really seen any, yeah. so don't know what they're like, and then always have the strongest opinions of what they're like. They have an idea of what a western is. What actually? Let me ask you: What would be an example of a western that actually is? like what people who don't watch Westerns and don't know, therefore don't know about Westerns, but have like an idea of what it is. What's, what's a Western that's like that? Like the most cliche worst Western? Yeah. I'm not going to answer that. Oh, no? Oklahoma. Oh. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Fuck those people. Is there they can do the work themselves. And then if they find one like that, yeah, good for you. But are they out there? Would you say? Yeah, they're out there, but, but there's so many that they would, if they really, went through they would probably rarely encounter ones that were like that if they you went through in good the 30s. ones the 30s the 30s were pretty bad yeah and the 60s after leone is bad but if you're dealing with the era of westerns that like the the golden age of westerns which is post-war basically from the end of world war ii until a fistful of dollars which is 46 to 64 it's kind of hard to find those ones yeah and I've watched, I don't know, maybe two, three hundred movies from that time that are Westerns. And like, it's surprising when I hit one that's bad in cliched ways. Right. They exist, but I'm always like, whoa. And it's that's funny because if you ask somebody who doesn't like Westerns or, you know, hasn't really watched them and like thinks they're like some weird thing they're not, they would say, oh, you know, there's like 50s, like stupid ones. Well, I'm sure that's what people think. Whenever I discuss anime, because I have the exact same approach to that, which is the um, regal indifference of, uh, you know, like, I'm the, I'm the fucking uh, Roman emperor in the back just putting my thumbs down whenever the, the anime shows up. Whenever you see those anime eyes, you're just like... Mm. Yeah, thumbs down hard. And I'm sure, like, there's a, an incredible gamut of shit that I'm not seeing that's, like, yeah, really Miyazaki, extraordinary art. All of I'm Miyazaki. just not going to do it, though. See, I'm waiting for the day... But the difference... I think the difference is... It's okay if you just no, like don't admit, make excuses like, for yourself. I absolutely would make an excuse for myself. You know, like I don't, I don't think they were made by idiots, and I don't think they're trash movies. I just don't care, right? Well, that's you know, what like I see. people will approach musicals or westerns and be like, you know, they'll come at it like guns blazing. Look at these fucking idiots made because they didn't know that people don't sing in real life. Well, I also hate, I really, I honestly makes me angry still that it's like somehow socially acceptable to still call musicals gay. Like that really makes me angry. Well, they're they're gay like, in the the old term of gay. Yeah, right. <laughs> in no, the original like term the of gay, old it's this they weird very, pocket of homophobia. Gay. It's this weird, like so still socially acceptable pocket of homophobia. Yep. It's like no, I don't like I don't like that. It's too it's too gay. Same thing with disco. Yeah, disco too, completely. Which was also just you know maligned because it was like you know it, there were gay people and and like black people and women left it. So you yep. know, of course, fuck that. You know, like it's ridiculous. It just annoys me. It's like, man, how come you can watch like Megadeth 
You know what I mean? Like there's so many bands where people come out on, on stage and they put on a performance. It's completely fake. They dress up for it. They act a certain way. They, they sing in high pitch voices and that's totally straight. Like that's totally fine. But like, you know, Gene Kelly, completely attractive buff fucking dude gets on stage and tap dances. That's too gay for you. Like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm waiting for the day that uh, John D'Amico falls in love with Dragon Ball Z, by the way. Like, I feel like you're just going to show up one day. You're like, you know what? I crushed like a hundred episodes of Dragon Ball Z over the over the weekend. <laughs> kind of like that Piccolo guy. There's a there's a guy named Piccolo. Yeah. Is he a Piccolo player? He's a isn't he green? He's green. You gotta yeah. get into oh, some I've Cowboy seen Bebop. Of that. He wears white. If I were to guess who you would like, in I've Dragon seen Ball Cowboy Z. Bebop. It's not good. You'd love Piccolo. You have to get into Miyazaki. I've seen uh, my neighbor to- Totoro. Yeah, but that was it's not good. Yes, it's a fucking amazing, and it's but that's like his for children one. You have to see Princess Mononoke. What does this have to? You have to. <laughs> I don't know about any of this. And I know I'm being hypocritical about this. I like, get there's, it. there's no question in my mind that I am, but Jesus fucking Christ. I just would love for you to fall in love with the junkie anime. It's definitely not going to happen. I want you to Because lo- it's not like I've like never seen it. I'm yeah. aware of it. You know, it, it shows up. People will be watching it. It'll turn on. It'll be like, well, this is. I want you to love like Naruto or Inuyasha. Like I want that to be your thing that you finally something what about clicks One Piece? Into gear. One Piece is good. The, the the anime is terrible. The comic's really good. It's about pirates. That's not really that interesting. What about Fruits Basket? Remember oh, fruit? I liked Fruits Basket. That was a good one. I would love a Fruit Basket. Fruits Baskets where the whole family. If you're offering cursed. me a Fruit Basket, fine. <laughs> so they have to be like members. They're like the I'll Chinese watch any Zodiac. anime anybody picks if they send me a really good fruit arrangement right. and if they touch a you member it, i'm talking about like a, the ones where they like make flowers out of fruit yeah you know they like sculpt them what's this thing about this fucking like one, ed- one, i was gonna say edible fruit. edible arrangements is i think someone want, john wants someone to send him an edible arrangement yes i do if you send me an edible arrangement i'll uh i'll watch your anime let's be clear one edible arrangement equals one anime yes that's not yes. a bad that's a pretty good deal now is it should it be one animated feature film anime and then also like like three episodes of like a half hour thing? That's fair. That's fair, yeah, right? That's fair. And I'll give the whole fucking report on this. <laughs> Carl's got me watching, I don't know, Captain Skyhauser or something. <laughs> Castle in the Sky. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's Miyazaki. Yeah. yeah. Captain Skyhauser MD. The whole rundown <laughs> on that one. Yeah. And he didn't have to get me a fruit basket. Well, he's paying. The you. first one's yes. free. Yes, he's paying me money. Is he really? Well, he's paying you money. He's donating money to the Patreon oh, just right. so just so John watches an anime. Two thousand dollars. <laughs> no, he's paying per minute, right? Yeah, I have uh, like my AT and T rate. Yeah, it's like you're a nine hundred number, which is also Jesus. an option. But another option is an edible arrangement. Yeah. Which, if you want to do the edible arrangement thing, you find us on Twitter. You get an address. It seems better the the edible arrangement. Uh, rap because then you get to picture it's better for everybody because then i get to eat it while watch watch it while i'm eating fruit and then i'll probably like it more yeah you'll it'll be like it's a difficult pa- to dislike things when you're eating strawberries at the time <laughs> it'll I be think, a pavlovian thing where you'll taste the fruit you'll you'll enjoy that and you'll enjoy the anime more and then all of a sudden you know you in a couple years you just plain like anime by itself yeah you should watch don't Yami poison no me. don't poison them it's it's like super. Which one did you say? Yami no Matsue. It's super gay, and I mean that in the what specifically it in, what homosexual it sense. It's it's just it's yaoi. It's like oh, the, what the title means, I don't remember. Like, uh, nope, don't remember. It's, what is it? Boy love. 
It's yeah. It's like these. I'm not watching anime <laughs> gay porn. That's a that's two things. How about what the, there's one called you Loveless. There's, there's a one. <laughs> it's not porn. I'll watch an anime for for one transaction. If it's, it's, it's going to be an anime gay porn, that's two different transactions. <laughs> two edible like, arrangements. That's like soft. No, I don't want two full edible <laughs> arrangements. That's too much fruit. It has to be an edible arrangement and something else. Maybe tires. I don't know. Tires? I'm trying to think for what I need. Truck? New tires for your car? Yeah, you know, maybe pants. Like a nice pair of pants. Like a manly gift. Yeah. Like a football phone. <laughs> yeah, football. Something to counteract the a gayness. A saw. Good circular saw. Yeah. Maybe a drill. So if I give you a or saw. Or something super gay. Yeah. I don't know. What's super gay that I would like? <laughs> Channing Tatum. All right. So Channing Tatum, his torso to yeah. be sent with an edible arrangement to John D'Amico. Well, to be to eaten. A, to, what if you eat the edible PO arrangement? Box in my stead. <laughs> We're going to need a P.O. box for this. I think you should eat the edible arrangement off of Channing Tatum or have him feed you the edible arrangement. This might be a That's tall fair. order. Yeah. Now we're really. Now uh, this is just my fantasy. Now there's a lot happening. I think you there's should a just lot do to a, keep in, in the plate. Just do a manga about it at this point. <laughs> just do a, you know, a guy who doesn't like anime. But I'm like definitely anime. not watching your anime gay porn. What about one called Loveless and where it's about a guy and then another guy has cat ears and there's gay sex? <laughs> Probably not. Is every is every name like that an anime? By the way, like if I just said like uh, I mean, if it's like the Brokeback Mountain of anime, where it's just like a really good love story, then fine. Oh please, I but hate if when it's people say Brokeback the, uh, so you know just pounding away for two hours. No, there's a great love story. It's all because that's the thing. It's all about you know they're like these subtle like it's it's forbidden love. So it's always like it's more like even Victorian. Like if someone's hands touch, it's like big fucking deal. It's I great. I Hate that shit. <laughs> I hated it with the Victorian. So you don't like the it. hardcore fucking and you don't like the hand touching. What do you like? I guess the middle. I don't just like it with the Victorian. You just like did ankles? It. I didn't like that book Adolf, where it was about the kid who had the 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 hands touching romance with the girl. I didn't I don't like none of those those mid century British or French books about that kind of romance. I don't get it. It's dumb. You're grown ups. <laughs> I think we Act should like just it. have him watch Digimon or something. Digimon. I hear they're digital monsters. monsters. They are. If anything, if I'm gonna like anything, it will be the thing with monsters in it. Yeah. What's it? Well, fuck. What's an anime with monsters on? Pokemon. Well, no, but I mean, Where's I had to see one? the the really violent one because this girl I was seeing watched it. The one where they have like a wall and there's giants. Attack of the Attack on Titan. Or? Yes. Neon yeah. Genesis God, Evangelion. That was fucking stupid. People love Attack on Titan. I haven't seen it. Oh, stop. The trouble is, they're just. I don't like looking at them. Like, yeah. I don't like that style of, of picture making. That's why you have to watch Miyazaki, because he's not anime. He's just Japanese. No, but he, if he wasn't lured in by Totoro. Totoro's his most anime-looking film, but his, he actively hates anime. I don't like the colors. What, what do you they like about the colors? Different colors like for the everything. Colors. You don't like the greenery and the blue skies? Princess Mononoke's full of monsters. It's full of the gods of the forest who are like big fucking wolves. I wouldn't like, say full of monsters. It's got monsters. There's there's a huge crazy monster. It's head. Are like, you trying to run the game that this thing is brimming with monsters when it's not? No, it totally is. It has little monsters. Those little uh, what's their names? Their head shake. There's a really big monster. It's got he little gets monsters huge. and big monsters. Okay, that actually is appealing. There's the, the, the forest monsters who look like animals, and then medium sized monsters. Yeah, there's medium, tiny, and big. See, this sounds good. It's great. And then it's like everyone's a human. There's no bad guys. It's like, you know, everyone is, is humanized. And there's like real... And then he has a fucking monster on his arm. 
It's great. It's a great What's movie. The, well, there was Digimon. There was like Monster Hunter. Was that what it was called? Remember, it was like a, there was the PlayStation One game. Monster Are you thinking Rancher? of that show, Monster River Rancher. Monster, where the but guy there, had to find river monsters? No, Monster remember Rancher the show River Monsters? Game. I don't remember that. There but, were river mo- ra- there monsters was, in the river. The anime there, there, there was, was a, a documentary. Rancher it anime, was a reality right? show. He I had, never watched it. He'd, maybe he could watch Monster Rancher. Just play the game. You like you like westerns. You like ranching, and these are <laughs> monsters being ranched. All right, I'll send you a bottle of ranch dressing. You'll chug that. You'll watch Monster Rancher. I'll scope out a, a ranch of monsters. Are the are the monsters ranch hands or are they being ranched? They're being ranched. That sounds way less interesting. They should be ranch hands. <laughs> but they they talk and they do stuff, kind of. I like Swayze. He has a big. He's just a big eyeball. Yeah, that's the only one I remember. All right, folks. <laughs> Thank y'all for listening. You guys got any uh, final thoughts for the audience before we split? Go see Hail Caesar. It was really good. Yeah, it seems like a winning endorsement for uh, two-thirds of the uh, smug film peeps. I have not seen it yet. Yeah, go see Hail Caesar. Also, The Satanist, by the way, incredible catering, I have to say. The Church of Satan. Oh, yeah, they had macar- They had the French macarons. Those macarons were unbelievable. And they had, like, good, what do they call it? I still can't, Madelines. Madelines, yeah. And open bar. Great place. Yeah. Got to hand it to the Satanists. Satanists. You know church of Satan. Wonderful catering. It was a promo uh, in part. It was the tr- the Satanic Church throwing a party with uh, the movie The Witch, which is coming out. Yeah, which looks super scary. So Got we're going to go see buzz. the- Great buzz. Great buzz on that. Separately, though. Separately. And then we're going to talk about it together. So The tabloids can't see you guys together, right? No, it's too much. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for listening. See you soon. Bye-bye.